So I'm here talking with Stephen Hamilton, and we're going to discuss a little bit about the biblical psalms, their original context, their contemporary context, and how they continue to hold value for both writers and individuals. Um, so Stephen, if you could start by just introducing yourself and talk about a little bit about your background as a biblical scholar and a, a student of, of the biblical psalms. Sure. Um... Well, I guess I would start by saying, you know, I, I, I grew up with the Psalms in terms of I grew up in church, right? I grew up in Indiana, you know, very, very Bible belt. I went to a church that taught a lot of the Bible, you know, lots of the hymns that we sang, you know, were um, those sorts of things. So kind of, you know, from, from my youth, I was kind of um, inculcated. I was, you know, that was part of my context. It was a, a weekly, at least a weekly activity to be involved somehow with this. Um, and I think, you know, and sort of kind of growing from that, you know, initial experience of my youth in church, I, I always loved the Bible. Um, I, I, you know, when I would get bored at, um, at some of the sermons that they would have, you know, I would open the Bible and I would read like the best parts, right? Like I would read Judges and like Samson and all that, the crazy stuff that happens. And I would read Revelation and all the crazy mm -hmm. stuff at the end. <laughs> but I would also kind of, you know, I would read the Psalms because, you know, there was, it seemed like there was like meaningful, uh, very meaningful stuff that like I would don't, I would say, you know, as a teenager, like, you know, that's kind of dark hmm. or, you know, or that seems really lightweight to me, but maybe it wasn't right. So, um, so I grew up in that context, and I've had a continuing uh, relationship with Scripture, um, and very interested in it. So you know, it was part of my minor when I studied at Purdue University. Uh, you know, I majored in history and political science, and certainly I studied ancient history, was my concentration. But I minored in um, kind of philosophy and religious studies in terms of comparative studies. So um, mainly that was made up of comparative studies of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, mm -hmm. which was pretty mm -hmm. interesting. Um, and then later on, you know, for graduate work, um, I was a master's student in the master's program mm -hmm. at Baltimore Hebrew University. And that's where I really, uh, was a wonderful experience for me, kind of coming from Indiana, being a, you know, a Gentile, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. going to a Jewish learning institution, being the minority there. Mm -hmm. And having everybody help me enter into what they grew up with and how they learned this stuff and how the Psalms, you know, just as, just as much as they, you know, even more than they were in my youth, mm -hmm. they helped me introduce, uh, helped introduce me to the Psalms in much more depth. Um, so just a fantastic kind of learning experience and, and, you know, like I said, growing up an experiential thing. Absolutely. If you could just talk a little bit, since you mentioned studying at a, at a Hebrew university, um, how the Psalms would have been understood in their original context. So, you know, as they're being written and read um, originally, you know, what place did they hold? How did they, how did they function uh, within the kind of larger body of, of religious literature? Sure. Um, so there's, I, I think there's probably two things that I can say about that. So there's the writing of the Psalms, mm -hmm. which come out of several different experiences. And then there's the use of them for some sort of liturgical um, 
communal worship, singing, repetition. Um, of course, for us, it's all ancient history, right? right. It's, it's thousands of years ago. Um, the, according to the texts themselves, hmm. you know, eventually, um, so maybe I'll work my way backwards. So hmm. eventually, they're formed, they're brought together in probably the exilic period when they were uh, when the Jews were exiled into Babylon and during the return they were probably gathered into what how the Jews read psalms and they're really there are three books to the okay. psalms like we we look at it and we're like oh yeah there's 150 psalms they're actually kind of structured so that it looks like there's three books so most mm. scholars understand that and certainly the Jewish community practices that uh, interestingly enough, the Christian communities don't really uh, that 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 demarcation has no meaning for Christians. Mm -hmm. They just mm -hmm. go to the individual psalm, mm -hmm. right? So, kind of working working my way back from kind of them forming as a book of three books, mm -hmm. uh, or a, as it were, it was back then, it would be a scroll. It'd be mm -hmm. three scrolls, um, not books. The you know eventually they were compiled as a song you know, list hmm. for the priests. And so when David was made king, he actually, during his lifetime, uh, which was a very formative changing period, you know, mm -hmm. he kind of really established the monarchy in Jerusalem. And he reformed, or we might even say formed, a lot of the liturgical things that were going to happen at the temple, even though his son Solomon actually kind of built the temple, right? Mm -hmm. he, he did all the planning, right? So he creates this um, group of people who are going to be really the singers, right? Okay. And, and later they're called the sons of Korach. Mm -hmm. um, and so most of the later psalms, like in the, one, in the 90s and the 100s, you'll see that at the beginning it says, you know, for or from the sons of Korach, mm -hmm. right? So that, that's usually some sort of, like what we would think contemporarily as like a choir. Right. Singing, mm -hmm. you know, and you join in, but they also perform it themselves as well. Um, some other of the Psalms are by individuals. So certainly mm. there's, there's a number that are attributed to King David. Um, those are very intimate, very personal stuff, but equally kind of, there's another kind of pretty decent Psalmist who has uh, a group of Psalms in there called Asaph. Mm. And he wrestles with you know, we, we think of like the scandalous stuff with David and Bathsheba and he's like, you know, admitting his sin of adultery to the Lord and, that, and certainly that's in there. Asaph wrestles with other stuff, you know, that we would wrestle with. Hmm. Um, so there's um, uh, all that to say, like there's multiple authors sure. for, for these, you know, for these hymns, these uh, poetic uh, songs and, um, you know, the, the context, like I said, for their... Final collection, it would be kind of exilic, post-exilic, you know, they're used liturgically in the nation state of Israel during the, you know, during the time of the temple, mm -hmm. you know, on a daily basis, there's some on a weekly basis, there's some that are for special festivals, certainly, mm -hmm. you know, and then the writing of them obviously takes place during that time, they're added to, the sons mm -hmm. of Korach write some, and then, you know, Asaph, and then a David and you know they they collect some of the ancient ones. There's even one attributed to to Moses. Although mm. most people wonder, like, well, maybe there's a piece of something Moses wrote, but it 
probably was added to somehow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What, what, and what, what kind of forms did they take in their writing? Is there anything that you would look for and, and say, you know, this, this is something we can recognize as belonging to the Psalms in, in, in the way that an individual Psalm is sort of structured, whether that be, you know, sometimes commonly we refer to you know, a kind of parallelism versus right. rhyme, what we're used to in, right. in, uh, in English, English literature and English uh, poetry. Well, certainly, um, kind of the the Hebrew Psalms are much like other hymns and psalms that you would find throughout the ancient Near East, mm. um, especially in the Semitic language. Um, kind of the and so in Hebrew poetry, the main uh, piece is parallelism. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the main form that takes place in the Psalms, and it's interesting, like. Uh, the one-third of, of course, what Christians call the Old Testament, what, what I ref usually refer to as the Hebrew Scriptures, one-third of that is poetic text. Hmm. So it's, I mean, certainly the Psalms are that kind of center of that, and in the, you know, that's what the Psalms are. Mm -hmm. But what some people don't realize is the prophets often wrote their prophecies in poetic form. And so there's lots of parallelism and, and the things that go with parallelism. Mm -hmm. In, in that. So, you know, obviously, I mean, you probably know this, in parallelism, it's the thought that rhymes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, although there's, there's the use of language, you know, like alliteration, onomatopoeia, all right. of that sort of stuff is common in Hebrew poetry, but most of it, you know, by and large, is some sort of parallelism, whether it's synonymous parallelism or antithetical mm -hmm. or progressive. You know, that's, that's the basic form of Hebrew poetry. Because occasionally you'll get something where each uh, section maybe starts with a, the next letter in the Hebrew alphabet or something, some kind of uh, progressive form of that way, but, but certainly... Absolutely. Psalm, mm -hmm. The longest psalm, Psalm 119, mm -hmm. is a psalm that it is... Um, uh, there are eight lines in each stanza, and each stanza, the the sentence starts with the, that letter of the alphabet, and it goes through the entire alphabet, right? Um, and so, you know, there, there's the stanza of the alephs, right? Mm -hmm. And each, um, each sentence starts with an aleph, mm -hmm. you know, that's, and then it moves on to the bet, and then to the dalet. Right. Which would be like our A, B, right. C. Right, A, B, yeah. C, D, E, yes. Right. So, in, in what ways has uh, time... Um, change the way that the Psalms are viewed? Like, in what, what role do they play in a contemporary context? How are they, how are they now viewed um, in, in contemporary discussions of literature or contemporary liturgy? How has, what is their context in a, uh, in, in a contemporary time? Uh, I would say there's probably um, two, maybe, maybe we could probably make a distinction of that there's a third kind of context Certainly there's the primary kind of religious context. Mm -hmm. Lots of people in uh, Judaism, in Christianity, in Islam, they all look to the Psalms and read the Psalms in a devotional, reverent sort of way. Lots of people do, you know, kind of pray the Psalms, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so there's definitely that kind of r religious and liturgical use. They, you know, they sing the songs, lots of songs they even write today, mm -hmm. you know, just... Uh, our songs from, you know, the lyrics are directly from a psalm. Um, 
you, you also have the kind of, the, then there's the scholarly world, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, mm -hmm. a little, of course, you know, treating poetry in a scholarly sense, uh, especially in biblical studies, probably not so much in other um, kind of advanced studies in poetry, but certainly in the biblical sense can be very arid mm. um, because of the ancient nature. They're trying to dig into the context, you know, and sometimes when they do that, you know, you kind of like, why are we doing this? It, it loses its beauty a little bit mm -hmm. in in the scholarly discussion of a song. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so sometimes that can be rather dry. Although sometimes it's pretty interesting, and sometimes you know we just there are words associated with the Psalms that we don't even know what they mean. Mm -hmm. um, so there's lots of speculation in there as well. And then I would say you know kind of there's there's probably a th a third distinction that maybe resides almost between the two that says this is a book of poetry right mm -hmm. and so i'm you know people engage in it um not really for a devotional sense and not to a scholarly sense but in a book of poetry kind of sense as well mm -hmm. you know and they discover those things like parallelism and and uh, alliteration and onomatopoeia and, and you know those those sorts of of things um, and I think it's in, I think it's in that context, for the most part, that, uh, although related to the other two as well, mm. that you get the um, almost uh, enduring value mm. of the Psalms. Uh, and so kind of what I mean by that is, is the Psalms, um, like I said, in terms of like, especially some of the ones by David and Asaph, you know, they're very personal. Mm -hmm. and very intimate and there are psalms of kind of praise and thanksgiving mm -hmm. there's psalms of of question and deep doubt like you know why why have you abandoned me god mm -hmm. and, and and there are some that are very angry right they're mm -hmm. they're angry at other people they're angry at god they're wrestling with their situation as a human in the world and mm -hmm. i think that's the enduring value and that's why people come back to the psalms because they're very they very well express the gamut of our human um, life and the complexity of it from like great awe at creation hmm. to you know thanksgiving for some sort of breakthrough that you that you credit god for to deep lamentation um and 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 like i said anger or there's even, kind of, you know, um, there, the Psalms take a very, to me, in reading them, hmm. and the scholars would back this up, that there's such a great expression of the reality of life hmm. that more than half of the Psalms are Psalms of lamentation. Mm -hmm. We all hmm. think, we all sit and, you know, we say, you know, life is hard, right? right. Well, the Psalms reflect that. Over half of them are psalms of lamentation somehow. Mm -hmm. And there's even one, Psalm 88, um, that is a dirge that ends with no hope. Like most of the, most sure, of the laments, sure. <laughs> you, you get it off your chest, you talk in primary language one, right. like what the hell's going on here, God? But then, but then it turns and it says, but even in this difficult situation, I'm going to try to trust you. But, you know, Psalm 88 doesn't end like that. It ends in grief and bitterness, right? Mm -hmm. So, so I, you know, that, that enduring value, why people connect to the Psalms, whether, in, it, whether it leads to a religious sense mm -hmm. or whether it leads to a, I want to study this scholarly, 
that enduring peace is the like to me is the humanity of the Psalms mm. and what they express about our humanity. It, it it certainly seems like it's an opportunity in in biblical literature where we um, are given an insight to um, the emotional state of of certain characters who we've seen in a narrative context. Absolutely. You know, we've seen we've seen their deeds. You know, but not always. You know, because that's not a function of of literature at the time that we would enter the mind. You know, of a character. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Uh, but the Psalms we do enter, we do enter the minds of, of the writers. You know, we, we see them, uh, as you say, as you say, lamenting, being angry. You know, a, a, a gamut of emotion, um, and so and, and it, that, that's very interesting to, to see how that um, uh, has a place that's unique within, even within uh, the larger uh, whole of biblical literature. Truly, truly. And so, is there a favorite psalm that you have? Um, uh, I go back and forth. Um, I, I, I do like Psalm 1, which was certainly an introduction. You know, when I was young, I liked Psalm 117 because it was the shortest. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do like, you know, since going to Baltimore Hebrew and kind of learning... Um, you know, in order to go to a Jewish institution and learn, um, I had to take several years to learn Hebrew because mm. even though the discussion in our class was all in English, we read the text in Hebrew, obviously, mm. right? Um, so, like, you know, certainly I like the, you know, I, I'm intrigued by the parallelism and I'm always looking for it, mm. um, but I like the alliteration piece of, you know, or, uh, of of the Psalms. And I certainly, um, as I've dabbled in some writing some poetry myself, I've, some of it I've modeled off, off mm. that, right? So certainly some sort of alliteration. I even wrote one poem that had, you know, I used the ABCs, mm -hmm. you know, for each line. Um, but the Hebrew language is so, um, if you've ever heard it spoken, it's, it's, there's a, there's a staccato to it. Um, and to, and it's almost a tongue-twisting sort of thing when you get into the alliteration hmm. in, in Hebrew. So let me give you an example of that, um, which is uh, Psalm, uh, let's see, Psalm 93, um, verse 4, um, which basically, you know, it says, the, More than the roars of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, you are mighty on high, Yahweh. Um, so to, let me just use one of those phrase, phrases. Uh, I'll speak it for you. Kind of mightier than the waves mm. of the sea, you know, kind of um, is mem ravim yadarim. Mem ravim yadarim. So it's that, you know, the, the sound sounds like the wave, and you say it in the way that the wave hits the shore and, and there's certainly a, a bit of the syllables like you said sound like like uh the repetition of water certainly absolutely <laughs> and and you know of, of course there's another one um that we used in class um that was kind of fun uh because it's more of it's more of a tongue twister at least it was for me um psalm 122 verse 6 um starts out uh and it's a little kind of alliteration even in the English. So it's pray for the peace of Jerusalem, right? So pray mm -hmm. for the peace. Um, mm -hmm. But it's even more so in the Hebrew, which is Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim. 
Mm. And so like, <laughs> I just, that is a memory for me from my time in a Hebrew graduate program <laughs> with Dr. Litov up there leading us in, Sha'alu, Shalom, Yerushalayim. Mm. Sha'alu, Shalom. And I was like, oh, tongue twisty. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's the alliteration that, you know, sometimes it's in the middle of the word. It does, it's not always at the beginning of the word. Um, uh, so it's it, it's a fun thing to see. It, it was always very interesting for me. So, but I, I, I've been reading the Psalms as a devotional practice with a friend of mine for probably going on like eight years. We kind of pick one Psalm a month and we, we read it. So I go, you know, in terms of a favorite Psalm, I go back and forth. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, that was really meaningful to, you know, sometimes I'll think some one's going to be meaningful and it's my turn to pick one. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to pick a good one. And I pick mm-hmm. one and I'll read it throughout that month and I'll be like, and eh, I didn't really strike. <laughs> you know, so I, I go back and forth in terms of like favorites. But, mm-hmm. um. Well, I think that's you know really great. Thank you so much for spending some time speaking with us about about the Psalms, and hopefully we can do this again about uh, another piece of literature um, in the biblical text.